Hello and welcome to another edition of Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And uh, thank you for listening. If you are listening by accident, uh, we are a show for men, by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. It's probably not an accident. Well, it could be a divine appointment. It may very well may be. You may be in your car running your kids to a practice or a game, and you're flipping the channels and looking for something good, and you couldn't find anything, so you landed on us. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, stick, hang on with us for a minute or two. You know, you're, you got a few minutes till you get there, so just hang on a couple minutes. For those of you who are listening on purpose, uh, whether it's on the air or on our pro- podcast, we appreciate you listening and tuning in. Uh, if you're catching us uh, for the first time or for the fifth time, we are doing a three-week book study on a book called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. And last week, we covered chapters 7, 8, and 9, uh, which covered uh, you know the nature of what a soul is, that the soul needs a keeper, that we are the ones who are supposed to keep our soul, not just God turning it over to him, and, and we have a role in, in our soul keeping uh, we're not the captain of our soul, but we're the keeper of our soul. There you go. We're not the owner of it, but we're we're in charge of it. We didn't make it. Right. We can't save it, but uh, we're, we got to take care of it. That's right. And that the soul needs a center to be uh, centered on something, which is God. And then the soul needs a future. And then this week, we're going to cover a few more chapters, if you're reading along, chapters 10, 11, and 12. And uh, we got a few guests in studio. We're going to have a conversation about... The soul. Mm. Uh, let, me, let me read just a couple of verses. Uh, Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord or praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. He says it again, verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how many times the word soul is mentioned in the Bible. In the NIV, it's translated uh, 90... 90 times it's mentioned in 88 different verses. And, but in the old King James, uh, which is hundreds and hundreds of years old, they, uh, there are several uh, words. It's translated over 400 times. And uh, I want to read just a little bit. Even Jesus uh, uses it um, right before he's, he's going to be crucified. He says in Mark chapter 14, verse 34, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said, stay here and keep watch. He's asking his disciples to pray. And so we're going to talk about uh, the soul today. And uh, so we got a, a few guests. we got Brian Veal. Brian, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. It's great to have you, brother. And uh, you're Dr. Brian Veal. And you're Reverend Souter. <laughs> <laughs> I want a title. <laughs> you're Mr. Mr. No kidding. You're Mr. Chad <laughs> Russell. Plenty of them. Yeah. You know, we were talking about, uh, you're, you're a dentist. Your brother's my dentist. Your dad was a dentist. And you got... You got tooth issues. We do. We we got fixations on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you, brother. Glad glad you're here. And uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then we got Jay Pierce. Jay, uh, welcome to the show. Thank Kurt. Great to be here. Yeah, now you you were you've been a cop. I was a cop for many years. How many years? Thirty three and a half. Thirty three. Who's counting the half? Who's counting the half? Long time. <laughs> Thirty three and a half. Then you did some security stuff and uh, worked for a bank. I actually worked at Southern Seminary for a couple years. Uh, couple other places that withstood me for a while <laughs> i bet you've seen everything under the sun out there in the, uh out in cop world land uh yeah i'm afraid so uh, many of those years i spent in homicide in various forms so yeah quite interesting um i cannot imagine wow and we got vince 
Yes, Kurt. Nice uh, to be here. Vince uh, Monks. That's and, correct. And uh, Vince, you you uh, you have an exciting job. What is your exciting job? I don't think we have enough time to talk about it. <laughs> Chad knows this. I'm very I'm fascinated by Vince's job. I know, Every time I get I with know, him, I always is, have questions about it. I, I work for Louisville Water Company, and I'm responsible for the water quality once it leaves the treatment plant. Yeah. Yes, folks, if you are drinking your Louisville water. It is absolutely fantastic. We got a cup. We, got, we yeah, all we got, got, got a glass. Right here. We're we got enjoying a glass. Right all over. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we got just everyday folks, and we're going to talk about the soul. What God has been teaching you. What he, what you've learned about the soul. Mm. And uh, so, in chapter uh, ten, the soul. He, uh, John Ortberg says the soul needs to be with God. Mm. And as you guys read that, what stuck out to you as you read this chapter? Well, just real quick, Kurt, when you were talking about how many times the soul was in Scripture, to be honest, it was so hidden from me. Even those, there was many, many verses that I had heard many, many times before, and it wasn't until this book, really, that I saw soul was there. As a matter of fact, not to, to be on uh, John Ortberg, but I went back and reread some of those Scriptures just to make sure he wasn't just trying to <laughs> apply those for this book, and, and I was really... Uh, fascinated, to be honest, by the idea and the concept of the soul that, that I missed it, that I missed it. We, we, we can read the Bible some, sometimes so kind of quickly mm. we, and glaze over it. We miss how many times the Bible talks about our soul. Yeah, so uh, r- great point. Jay, you got, you got thoughts in chapter 10, how, how we need God, we need to be with him. Uh, the th- prospect or the thought of my soul needing care is probably something I have neglected for a long time because I've never thought really that something I need to consider what condition it was in it was it's a big big part of me and I I love how uh, Ortberg brought that out that we need to recognize the condition of our soul and there's definitely some uh, things we can do to improve the condition of our soul and the thought that it needs rest with God, boy, I need rest with God. And what that does for me, uh, so in turn what that does for my soul, big, big stuff. Yeah, you know, if, we, if, if we're not aware of how important the soul is, and, and Ortberg says, you know, the subtitle, mm-hmm. the most important part of you. Mm-hmm. And if, if, we, if, if we don't even understand that cognitively, even in our mind, then we're not going to take care of our soul. Right. You know, I, I'm reminded of what Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul or refreshing the soul. So when I, when I have read that verse over and over again, it, there's, there's a, a, almost a definition there of that our soul, it, it needs refreshing. It needs revival. It needs, it re- needs rejuvenating. And, and revival is a word, I was going to say that, that, that reading through this book, I had a soul revival. It was like it wasn't there it, cognitively to me, you know, until reading this. And um, it, and then John says in the book, you know, but my soul will never, never find rest until it rests in God. It yeah. will never. That's a definitive. Yes. We, you know, we, we, we think that we can fill it up with... with Fun things and good things, and those are no, there's nothing wrong with those things um, in life. But Brian, what about you in chapter ten? The soul needs to be with God. Well, on the second page of that chapter, uh, 
it describes what I discovered several years ago in, in this 50-year journey of mine trying to follow Christ. And this describes me so well. He says, the with God life is not a life of more religious activities or devotions or trying to be good. It's a life of inner peace and contentment for your soul with the maker and manager of the universe. I had spent so many years doing Mm. and not being and that's a radical departure from this notion that there's the next thing to do there's the top 10 list there's the seven habits Mm. you gotta do to be with god and it's almost 180 degrees opposite we really need to start letting go to be with god we need to quiet ourselves Mm. we don't even need to do stuff we it's looking at it from a completely different perspective. You know, the people out in, uh, you know, who practice Eastern mysticism and those kind of things, they, they practice this meditation and silence and solitude. But really, that, that goes right back to the Bible, because the Bible exactly. talks extensively about being still. Oh, Jesus' practice of how he withdrew from the crowds and would be alone with his father. And how uh, I love what Dallas Willard says. He he mentions that silence and solitude are so fundamental for us to grow in our relationship with God, and uh, it, and it's so hard to shut it down because we're taught go do, go do, go do, go go volunteer, and and again, the Bible and studies, again there's nothing the wrong stuff. with those things. What we have to do is be wise. And make the most of every opportunity, but don't don't be unwise. Be wise and and discern what is what's best for my soul. Why? So that I can be a blessing to others. And, and I think we do because we're trying to fulfill that that sort of unknown sense that there's something that we need to fulfill, and we're trying to fulfill it with the only thing that we know we can do, which is an external. You know, it talk the book talks about external versus internal. So we're always trying to satisfy that 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 nagging feeling of something is missing, and it's not just about buying cars and houses, but it's just about doing the service of God. Mm-hmm. And and he he discusses many times about ministers in and of themselves lose sight of that because they're just doing for the church. Here they're trying to save souls, <laughs> and they forget about their own. You know, uh, been there, done that. Um, yeah. Okay, that's enough, Vince. We won't have you talk anymore. <laughs> um, that's a little convicting. Okay, we need to take a break. You anyway. loaded up at the beginning. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about being in the presence with God, and then we're going to move on to talking about uh, not just being in His presence, but um, actually what it means to, to find rest and uh, being in His presence and finding rest and how that's possible. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, Kurt Sadler. We've got a room full of guys here talking today about uh, the soul, soul keeping, a book by John Ortberg. And uh, we were talking today, just last segment, we were talking about the soul needs to be with God. And when you spend time with God and you're flooring, you're so embarrassed about how your floor looks and if God was with you. <laughs> you Man. need to go to Carol Rogers you Carpet are. One because Carol Rogers Carpet <laughs> One has the best flooring in the city and they have great flooring, <laughs> carpets, hardwood, you name it, vinyl, they've got it. So go to Carol Rogers Carpet One. We also want to thank Vision First, 
Uh, if you can't see God, you need to get better eyes. I'm just trying my best. For our nice sponsors who we love very dearly, Vision First. Everybody in this room who's blind, I've got Vision First glasses on right now, and uh, they help me see. And also l and Credit Union, local lenders, local folks helping the local community here with uh, all your financial needs. So please, Vision First, l and Credit Union, Carol Rogers Carpet One. You're laughing at me, man. We're not going to take care of our sponsors. You know what I'm saying? I am laughing at you. You take care of the people that take care of you. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with (laughs) you. No, no, you're (laughs) laughing at me. That's okay. So we were just last past segment talking about soul keeping uh, and how our soul needs to be with God. And, and, uh, you know, Ortberg talks about a guy here who's got a a fascinating story, Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence has got an interesting – his given name was Nicholas Herman. And he was an uneducated household servant from a poor family, writes Ortberg, who got converted to the Christian faith by looking at a tree. <laughs> There's pastors all around the world who are cringing at the fact that they didn't convert this gentleman, but uh, that they're preaching. That it wasn't by preaching, but he said it was winter and the tree was barren, but it occurred to Nicholas that the tree would grow leaves in the spring. This produced in him a deep sense of God's care and power. And that struck him. And uh, it's really interesting. He went on to write. He, became, he was a, a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. At a monastery. Yep. He was not a famed author who was on the public speaking uh, circuit, right? He was a guy who wrote. He was a nobody. He, he, yeah, by the by those standards, right? Yes. He didn't have any academic uh, prowess back then. And he wrote these these notes in his journal, which came to be a classic book, the uh, the pa- practicing the presence of God, the practice of the presence of God. And it is a that is a great read. It's uh. I, it's a great read, and it's just it's just loaded with um, how do we walk with God? So, guys, uh, you know, Jay, as you read this book, and you were um, we, we talked to in, in Ortberg, uh, the practice of the presence of God by Brother Lawrence. What were your thoughts? The practice of the presence of God. First, it blew me away that that is the second most read book in the world behind the Bible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's written, not a theologian. He's written just... by a dishwasher. Talk about a common ordinary man. Oh. So, I have hope. I have hope. <laughs> but this guy was at the, as Chad said, he was a dishwasher, so he what he couldn't be a priest because he didn't have the education. So he worked in the kitchen as a dishwasher uh, and cooking. And talk about practicing the presence of God. He says in his book that he practiced it for about, t- he was there for 40 years. But it took him 10 years before he kind of figured out what he was doing. That gives and, hope, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and he came to find out that the most stirring moments that he had in the presence of God were doing the dishes or in the kitchen. or It wasn't in those formal settings, kind of to Brian's point, of the monastery life where they prayed and had these set times of worship. That's not where he found the closest moments with God. It was when he was alone or when he was doing his his normal stuff. And he even, what really struck me, he described moments that, of such overwhelming joy that he had to hide it, that he was afraid that he was going to look kind of silly because people would see him, uh, the reaction that he was having by himself. So it, it was just an overwhelming experience for him. And it, it's just 
an amazing book. It, it gives us an opportunity to really go, whether we're doing the dishes or whether we're driving down the road or whether we're getting our teeth cleaned by our <laughs> dentist. Which I'm always practicing the presence of God oh. when somebody's drilling on my teeth. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> help us. Lots of prayer. <laughs> or whether we're drinking yeah. our great water, you know, I mean, absolutely, uh, or brushing our teeth, you know, we mm-hmm. can practice the presence of God in every aspect of our life. And, and I think the key there is the conscious awareness. Ooh. Yes. So tough. Consciously aware. You're not just going through the motions throughout your day. And then at the end of it, go, yeah, I worship God through my work. I worship God through my behaviors and my actions. Consciously aware. It's, and and we're, we're not going to do this perfectly. But as we, as we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, hopefully we, we spend more of our time thinking mm-hmm. about and, and really welcoming him into mm-hmm. uh, our world and we walking with him. And I think, you know, practice leads to habit. And somewhere in the book yeah. it said 40% of our day is filled with habits, things mm-hmm. we do without even thinking about it. Yeah. So if we can practice this and it becomes a habit, how much do we grow? Yeah, I mean, good point. brushing our teeth, eating meals. Um, I mean, just we can, we can practice. I love what Orberg says, the soul thrives not through our accomplishments, but through simply being with God. Brian, thoughts? Well, only that uh, maybe it's my perfectionism, my, that nature. Maybe it's uh, the fact that I've so many years I've tried to do the stuff and found it works for a while, but it, there's that lacking. There's that inner lack of connection to my creator. Um, I, want, I don't want to um, think that it's something I have to force myself to do. Mm. I like the idea that we actually can relax in the presence of God. Mm. And I try to listen to bodily indicators. For example, driving in traffic. <laughs> right? Okay. Well. What, what's my body doing and what are my thoughts when I'm driving? What, do you talk to people? Sometimes. He encourages them. <laughs> and they tell him he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> or what's my reaction to the annoying coworker? You know, and so what I like to ask myself what I'm feeling in that moment, and and sometimes I even pray, mm. can help. What are you saying here, God? What's going on here? And to me, that's my practicing the presence of God. He may be just below my conscience at times, but He's always there, mm. and I don't have to make an another effort, another thing to do. That that becomes burdensome for my framework. But to learn to relax into him and to know that he has us all here for whatever purpose. Okay, so as a dentist, okay, you've been practicing for decades now. Um, How do you... Thanks for giving away my age. (laughs) But you you look so young. Oh, sweet. Um, Okay, so how do you do that when you... Okay, you start to drill this cavity. This guy's got a big old cavity, and how do you... You, you're, you're doing your thing. How do you practice the presence of God when you're doing that? Yeah, I think the most obvious. Do you start praying out loud to, in, yes, in front of your patient? Right, right over them. Close his God, eyes. God. That would make me nervous. Make, that's exactly what I was going to say. God help me. <laughs> or he goes, oh my Lord, look at that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. That's just a prayer of encouragement. <laughs> I need you. I think if we you go to the common thing, which is fear, right? And... Mm-hmm. 
so I have an extreme phobic and just saying, Lord, what? Because the, really the purpose is not for me to fill a hole in the tooth here, right? That's not God. That's part of it. But God has me with this person in this moment and simply asking, how can I be loving here, Lord? Mm. What is the way to hear them and minister to them? It's just a brief prayer. I might even say, Jesus, be with me under my breath. I, I don't pray that they would know because I don't like the possibility that someone thinks I'm pandering Jesus in some way. Mm. So I just want him to be in control of who I am. Unless it, if the topic comes up for discussion, then wide open. Beautiful. Do, do, you, do you pray out loud with your patients? I have on occasion if it feels right, just like any of you would in any, occupa- any situation in your life. Mm. But I, again, I don't, I don't put it out there. I let God be a part of me, and if that comes out in conversation, then beautiful. Mm. I love uh, what Ortberg says, and it goes back to that, uh, you know, our moments. How many moments of my life today can I fill with conscience, conscious awareness of and surrender to God's presence? And the beauty of that is <clears throat> he gives the example that he says, okay, I'm going to do this. And then what does he do? He goes right into a staff meeting for an hour and a half, left the staff meeting and realized, I didn't do this. And then he said, the good thing is that there's grace there. I don't know if he specifically said grace, but he said, I'm going to take the next two hours and I'm going to claim those for God and I'm going to do that. And he said, those are just moments throughout the day. And, And I really like the example, going back to what Brian was saying a little bit, was that when people start looking differently to you, when you start to see people the way God sees them, then I think that is that is the way you're seeing and working your soul and, and resting with God was when you start to see people the way God sees people. You know, I, I was I was thinking about this this morning. I was out walking before we get, got here to the station, and and I was thinking about when my soul is refreshed, when my soul is revitalized, when when the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving my soul. I I, I am much more life giving. Um, and, and I was, I was, I was thinking that's, that's a Lord. Am I, am I a life giving person Hmm. when I encounter people am I life giving? And, uh, that's, that's convicting. Well, I like Ortberg's definition. And when you, a lot of times when Jesus said, uh, you know, abide in me, abide in the vine, right? Hmm. I think people have, have a hard time with the word abide. And I love his definition of that. He says, live intimately with Jesus from one moment to the next. Mm. And how many times do I have a quiet time in the morning and then I might go three or four hours and God won't cross my mind? That is not practicing the presence of God, but there's grace. The moment I bring him into my presence and think, hey God, you're with me, thank you, you're in his presence. So it's just, a, it's, it's a habit. It's a, it's a memory muscle, really, and a heart muscle that we can develop through through God's help. So. Yeah, and, some, and an additional thing to add to that, does the... Does the vine know or consciously know it's growing fruit? Does it sit there and go, I'm growing fruit? Does it work at growing fruit? No. No. Why is it able to grow fruit when it's connected? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and then that is a byproduct. We're going to take a break. In the next segment, we're going to talk about if you're a guy who likes systems and charts and uh, flowing through things, we've got a great flowing in the grace of acceptance. We've got a great steps that... Uh, Ortberg talks about about how Jesus, uh, how he's so rested and how, how that was such a big part of his life. So 
Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio.